Good morning, Bethel. How's everyone this morning? Good, good. We are in week five on our series on emotions, and I'm going to do a little uh, illustration for us this morning. I need a couple of volunteers. So Christian, why don't you... Oh, where did Christian go to? Oh. oh, that's okay. All right, Calvin, I saw your hand. Come on up, Calvin. Come on up, Callie. All right, can you both follow instructions? Can you follow instructions? All right, take this. Take this. All right. So with one hand, I want you to hold out that 10-pound weight. Now, hang on, I didn't say go yet. You can follow instructions. All right, you're going to hold the 10-pound weight. Now, I'm going to give Calvin a little different instructions than you, Callie. All right? All right, so on the count of three, let's go. One, two, three. Hold it out right. Nope, yeah, there you go. Hold it out. All right, keep holding yours, Callie. Calvin, you can put yours down for a second. Keep holding it, Callie. All right, put yours back up, Calvin. Keep holding it. All right, Calvin, you can put yours back down. <laughs> keep holding it, Callie. All right, Calvin, put yours back up. How much longer can you go, Callie? <laughs> Flip your wrist over. <laughs> oh, she ain't let it go. All right, there we go. All right, we'll stop there. Let me give these over here. Yeah, you, thank you guys. You guys can go sit back down. I wanted to illustrate something this morning because we're going to talk about the, the emotion of worry. And worry is something that I think we all struggle with. We, I think we can all see ourselves in this subject. And worry is caused by a restless soul. That is where worry comes from. So many of us, we have a restless soul. What we're going to look at today is how God continually tells us to find rest in him. So with Callie, when she was holding out that weight, what was happening to her? She was getting tired. Her arm was getting really, really weak. And she eventually, as I told her to flip her wrist from here, because she was really cheating, she should have been holding it like this. When I told her to flip her wrist over, she just, she collapsed. She couldn't hold it anymore. With Calvin, he could hold it for a little while, then he took a break, got some rest. Put it back up, hold it for a little while, took a break, got some rest. So, you know, inwardly, we're all spun up. Our RPMs are, are going constantly in our life. We, you know, we... We, we try to find rest for our bodies, but the truth is we never really find rest for our souls. We're anxious, we're tense, we're worried, we're concerned, and our minds just don't know how to shut down. And even when we try to rest at night, internally, our, our souls don't rest, and we know that because we have a hard time shutting down and sleeping because our mind is running, our soul is not restful. Solomon's words in Ecclesiastes, they really paint a good picture of, of where many of you have been living your life. Solomon said this, and I think it's interesting, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. He asked the question, What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is vexation. And then what happens at the end? Go to the next screen there, Katie. What happens? Even at night, his heart does not what? Tell me, church. It doesn't rest. 
all of this work and our heart does not rest. Now, I, I want to pause for a moment and I want to just ask you to be really, really honest. How many of you, you're often wound up inside and you find it difficult to calm down your soul at night? Yeah, I'll put my hand up. I'm that way some nights. We find it difficult to sleep because we're so wound up from the things that we've experienced throughout the day or maybe where we find ourselves at that point in life. Sometimes at night your mind keeps going. You may be even with you know, the, the, the family members that you, you just can't shut their, your mind down from thinking about them and your, and your soul rarely, rarely finds that deep rest. And God's going to show us today that he does not want us living life this way. He does not. We're all going to acknowledge that our body needs rest. And I submit to you today that our soul needs the same kind of rest that our body needs. And so that raises the question today, where do we find rest for our souls, Pastor Robert? Where do we find that? And I'm going to give, tell you something that sounds like a very preacher-pastor answer today. But what I want you to know is that this is a truth through and through. Truth beyond a shadow of a doubt. There is one place and one place only that we find rest for our souls, and that is in God. So you get one thing out of this today. I want you to get this statement out. Our rest, our souls find rest in God alone. Our souls find rest in God alone. David said it this way in Psalm 62.1. Let's, let's look at this. I want you all to read it. I'm going to get, make you guys really interactive with me today. I want you kind of talking back to me a little bit today. It says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. Now where does my soul find rest? My soul finds rest. From him comes my salvation. That's what David said. My soul inwardly, internally, who I am in the essence is who I find my rest in. That is in God. In other words, there's no person, no thing, no experience, no vacation, no dream home, no amount of money. There is no thing outside of God who can bring me rest in the essence of who I am. My soul finds rest in him alone. In fact, I love the way St. Augustine said it. He said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Man, I couldn't have said that any better myself. I'm going to read it again. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. God, you have made us for yourself, and our soul, who we are, is restless until we find our rest in you. So many times we go looking for rest in these different things in life that we think is going to bring us that satisfaction that's going to calm down our soul we say if i just had this i would feel this way if i just had that i would have that rest our soul finds rest in god alone and in god alone does our soul find rest that's why you see all of the craziness that's happening out in our world around us all of these people who you look at and you're like, have they lost their minds? What has happened to them? 
is they have a restless soul because their soul is searching for rest in all of the wrong places. Because scripture tells us that that rest is only found in God alone. They have these restless souls. In fact, Jesus said it this way in Matthew 11, 28 and 29. He said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. All right, think about it. This is some of you, not just in your body, but in your soul. You're just, you're stressed out. You find it difficult to show love to those who you love most because you're short with those you love most because your soul is revved up. You're overwhelmed. You're tense. You're worried. You're anxious. Not only physically, but there are these matters that are restless in your soul. Jesus says, come to me, come to me, come to Jesus. And he says the next part of this verse, I want you guys to read it out loud. And what will he do? I will give you rest. So we see David saying in the Old Testament, we see Jesus saying the same thing in the New Testament. He keeps going in this verse, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And what does he say you'll do? You will find rest for your weary bodies? No, for your weary soul. Our soul finds rest in God alone. For our souls, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary. Man, how about you? But I've been weary many weeks recently. Burdened, heavy laden, find rest for our souls. The answer for rest for our souls is in God alone. The next question I think we'd be asking is, okay, so how do I find that? If true rest is in God, how do I rest in God? How do I practically do this, Pastor Robert? And here's what Scripture teaches us. We'll look at three different things that Scripture says. I'm giving you a lot of scripture today because I'm hoping that some of these scripture verses that I've given to you today, they're out in the YouVersion Bible app. You can go follow our service there. You can go back and look at them. I want some of these to land on your heart today and allow you to carry those with you as you leave this week to provide this rest. Because so many times in life, you know, we, we have this pressure to do, 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 go, 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 produce, produce, produce. But we never stop and allow our souls to rest. So I'm praying this scripture will land on your heart. When we find rest for our souls and seek him first, he'll add everything else that matters. So here's the three thoughts. How do we find rest in God? The first thing scripture teaches us to do is to be still before God. Be still before him. Psalmist says, Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. How many times in life do we just stop, remove ourselves from all technology, from all interruptions, and just stop and be still? Be still with our thoughts and our prayers with God. You know, we see characters all throughout the Bible doing this. And they didn't have nearly the amount of distractions that we have today. 
with all of our electronics, and they saw even the need in their crazy busy lives back then to stop and be still. How much more important is this verse for us today when we have so many more distractions and our souls are so much more restless? Notice the psalmist doesn't say, be busy and know that I am God. Be productive and know that I am God. Be worried and know that I am God. Be anxious and know that I am God. Be all revved up inside and know that I am God. But he says, be still. Stop. Be still. Pause. Wait and know. Not just know in your head, but know in your soul that God is on the throne. Be still and know that I am God. Second thing we'll see in Psalms is just wait for him. Wait for the Lord. Be still before the Lord. And do what? Someone help me there. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. We're not a patient people, are we? In any walk of life, we were talking about with our kids this morning in our youth small group, even in our games that we have on our phones, we're not patient. We play, we play games on phones, and the game requires us to level up. But there's always a game on, on a, a section on the phone that is a buy here. So we can level up faster because we're not patient enough to play the game out. We want to spend money on this game so we can be better at the game than everyone else playing the game. We're not even patient enough in our games. It's crazy. We're just an impatient society, and we expect God to operate the same way. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. See, so many times we pray, God, give me patience and give it to me now. That's our prayer. And just think about how crazy that is. But that's the way we pray as people. We laugh because we know that it's true. People say all the time, God, help me get, take this burden away from me. Instead of saying, God, do what you want to do in my life through this struggle and allow me to grow because of it. Give me patience. Be still. Open up God's word and wait for him. How many times do we stop, open up God's word, start reading God's word, and just read it until the scripture verse lands on our heart? How often do we do that? Sometimes it might be one verse. Sometimes it might be a chapter or several chapters. And we go until we say, okay, God, this lands on my heart. Your word is speaking to me. It's planted deep within my soul. Scripture says, Psalms 130, verses 5 and 6, he says, I wait for the Lord. I love what he says here. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits for the Lord. And in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. Now, who was a watchman during this time? A watchman was someone during this time who would sit on the walls or the gate of the city. They were there to watch for the safety of that community or that city. They would walk around the walls to make sure that there was no enemy coming 
up on the horizon. But what does he say there? My soul waits for the, war, the Lord more than the watchmen for the morning. Because the watchman would stand there and the, whoever, whatever watchman was taking the third shift at night on the walls of the city, more than likely their shift was over when? When the sun came up. So think about that at night. As you're, it's dark, you're lonely, you don't have your phone that you can continually be pulling out of your pocket and looking at your social media. All you have to do is watch for the sun. How intently do you think you will be watching for that sun to come up every single night into early morning? You'd be looking at the horizon. You would know exactly which tree across the horizon that sun was to come up. You are waiting intently for the sun to rise. Our soul, the psalmist says, should wait the same way on the Lord. Third thing, take a moment and reflect on God's goodness. Reflect on his goodness. Here's one thing, so often if we're being still and we're taking a moment, we're so tempted to think about all that has to be done. We're a people of lists. I've got all these tasks I've got to complete. I've got another thing at work I've got that has to be done. I want you to take a moment and think about what God has already done in your life. What has God already done in the life of your kids, in the life of your spouse, in the life of your family? A lot of times our worry is we're all agitated and worried because of what has to be done instead of reflecting back on what has already been done. And that is the goodness of God. Psalms 116 says, Return, O my soul, to your rest. Why? For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. The Lord has dealt bountifully, saying, Reflect on what he's done. Reflect on his goodness. Reflect on his grace. Reflect on his answered prayer. Reflect on how he has changed lives. Reflect on all of these things. Verse 8, we'll keep going. For you have delivered my soul. What? He says, you have delivered my soul from death. And I love this. My eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. What has the Lord done? He's delivered our souls from death. I mean, what greater thing do we have to celebrate than that Jesus Christ has delivered our souls from death? And hell because of his death upon a cross. Be at rest. What has the Lord done? My, he's delivered my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Because of God, because he's done all of this for me, I will walk before the Lord. My life will be a testimony to him. In this season of busyness, for me, be still my soul. I will wait for the Lord. I will purposely and intentionally 
stop and quiet my soul. Sit down and be still. I will reflect on what the Lord has done. And then we're going to reflect on his goodness, on his provision. You know, Pastor Jay a few weeks ago had us, taught us the song based on scripture. And I've given you a lot of good scripture verses today out of the Psalms. And one of the amazing things about the Psalms is a lot of our ancient writings that we have are really kind of factual, historical writings. Um, When you think about, you know, Publius and all of these different writers from the Romans and um, but the book of Psalms is an ancient piece of literature, really probably one of the, the few, if not the only one, where you have a writer who is pouring out his soul and his thoughts. That just wasn't something that was recorded down in writing on a parchment back in that time period. So the Psalms is really a unique book for us. I would really hope that you'll take these verses that we've read today and really think on them this week. We're going to remember what scripture and just quote it to yourself. Let these verses that we've read today, let them live inside of you. Remember all the prayers that God has answered throughout life. Think about God's faithfulness. And remember most of all of what he has done for you through Jesus. Through Jesus, we have been delivered our souls from death. And when you meditate on him and you're worried about tomorrow, suddenly you realize God's already in tomorrow. God controls tomorrow. I'm worrying about something that my God that I say is in control, what I say I believe is different from the actions that I'm exhibiting right now. Remember that he is in control of tomorrow. And because he was faithful yesterday, to you, you'll be faithful tomorrow and the next day and the next. And because he's been faithful and you know he will be faithful, your soul can find rest. You can be still and know that he is God. I want you to know God does not want us to live all riled up on the inside. By the help and power and presence of God, I now know that you can live a productive and fruitful life, yes, even a busy life, and still have a calm, healthy soul, healed in your soul, whole in your soul. We as a people, we allow the life around us, we allow our worry and our anxiousness to take over us, to consume us, to the point where we forget how to even demonstrate the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control because we're not driven by the desires and needs of the flesh and our body, but our soul is full of the goodness of God. You are not a body with a soul. You are a soul with a body. So what I wanted us to do here for just a moment is I want to give you all a moment to stop and be still. I want us to be still in this moment 
And know that in this culture of toxic busyness, many of us don't even really know how to be still and talk to God and listen to God. But what I want us to do is take just a moment to be still, close our eyes, pray to God, 